Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, after two years of COVID misery, Britain faces a new plague of festive strikes. I'll take on one of the union leaders hell-bent on wrecking our Christmas. Donald Trump's family business is convicted for tax fraud and another of his picks goes down in flames in the Senate race. Is it time up for Trump? Well, his former chief White House aide, Kellyanne Conway, joins me to defend it. Plus, it's been 50 years today since we last launched a rocket to the moon carrying a human being. Why? Why have we stopped doing it? The superstar astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson joins me live to explain. Live from London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. The last two Christmases were wrecked by coronavirus. Pubs were deserted, office parties cancelled, many people stayed home to protect their elderly relatives. This year, it's an epidemic of strikes infecting our holiday spirit. And the super spreader is RMT union boss Mick Lynch. Here's a reminder of what he said just a couple of weeks ago. We have left the Christmas period strike-free, deliberately. We cannot leave this action to go cold. We've not been on strike for two months. We moved other dates to facilitate uh, important public uh, and national events. Well, congratulations on showing up to work for two entire months, Mick, but your festive tune has changed. Three new rail strikes, including one that callously begins on Christmas Eve, will throttle family plans and crush business for bars, restaurants and shops. Truly, Mr Lynch is the Grinch who's trolled Christmas, and here's what he now has to say about wrecking our holidays. The public will lose the convenience of having a train service. The businesses around here and all around London and all over the country will lose money, undoubtedly. The only people that won't lose money are the train operating companies. More festive sneer than festive cheer. But he's right, businesses will lose money, millions of people will suffer. What he can't seem to accept is that it's because of him. The British people have been very patient and sympathetic with Mick Lynch and the striking unions. But that tide is now turning. A new poll by YouGov shows that more than half of the country now opposes these strikes. It's hard to pose as a worker's hero when a quarter of all Christmas bookings have already been cancelled over transport hell and precisely the time businesses make the money they depend on all year. And I'm afraid the kimono virus, as we're now calling it, is highly contagious. One million workers from nearly every trade union have either confirmed strikes or called strike ballots this winter. Britain could face strikes every single day until Christmas. It's the advent calendar from hell. 
Well, postal workers will wreck Christmas deliveries. Border staff and baggage handlers at London airports will scupper Christmas getaways. Nurses and ambulance workers will strike, potentially risking lives. This is flu season and potentially another COVID outbreak. And winter demand hits our battered NHS. I've always supported workers, and many of these union members do deserve a pay rise, unquestionably. These are desperately tough times for millions of people. But most of these people are showing up for work so they can pay their rocketing bills. Frankly, they deserve a proper Christmas too. Well, joining me now is the Unite uh, National Lead Officer, Onai Kassab. Well, welcome to you. Thank you very much. Why are you wrecking Christmas? We're not wrecking Christmas. We are. We're not wrecking Christmas. Our members take action, strike action, as a last resort, and particularly in the NHS. This is a heartbreaking decision for our members. Our members are taking strike action because the government is refusing to negotiate on pay. But our members, that's nurses, paramedics, have also asked me to make very, very clear that this is more than just about pay. This is about saving the NHS. There's a crisis in the NHS and our members are prepared to do something about it. How do you help a crisis in the NHS when at the very busiest time for the NHS of all, in the run-up to Christmas, you potentially are going to put people's lives at risk? What if people start dying because ambulances didn't turn up? What if people start dying because the nursing staff simply weren't there in enough numbers to save them. How are you guys going to live with yourselves? The harsh reality is that people are dying now. And this is coming from our paramedic members. So kill a few more, is that your position? No, absolutely not. Absolutely what not. if Which they die, though? Absolutely not. No, no, but what if they die? Because we will... Directly... We will, no, we I'm, will just, be, I'm asking you a very particular question. And I'll answer it. Right, you're, you're responsible for the ambulance workers, right? You personally. What happens if, as a result of a strike action on December 21st, if it goes ahead people die because of the strike action. How do you live with that morally? People are dying now. The question is... I understand how that, that but people are could, dying now. If I could just finish. If I could just how finish. would you live morally people, with that happening as a direct consequence are, of your strike action? People are dying now as a direct consequence of the government not taking you're play, action. You're playing what no, about no, 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 no. I'm asking you no. not what's going on already. That is I'm, why... So your is answer why. is to have more deaths. Well, so let me just answer for a second. Well, answer the this question. Is why, this is why we are sitting down... With the employers, with mm. government, making sure that there are emergency measures in place to make sure that we yeah, deal with emergencies, the... even okay. during strike action. Look, just, just let me make this point. I really want you to answer my question. I have. I have it's a very specific question. question. Yes. How would you live with yourself morally as a union leader if ambulance workers go out on strike because you can't do a deal with the government and because of that strike action, di- directly because of it, people die? No, people are dying directly No, no, because... you keep saying that. I, I know, know people are not, dying. I know the NHS even, is in trouble. You're not, not going to let you, me finish how... just for a second. No, because I want you to answer people, my question. I am answering your question. First of all, we are negotiating with the government to make sure there are emergency measures you in place. You just said that. I did. And what I Why wanted to... the question what I'm I wanted asking to, what, I, what I wanted to carry on... Why are you laughing? Say, come on. What I wanted to carry on and say... Not, come is on, that what? You're, you're smirking at me. Why? I'm asking you a very simple question. What I wanted question, to carry which on you are say, consistently refusing to answer. No, no, I'm not refusing answer to answer Answer my question. It. Our strike action will take place over one day of the year. There are What if people die that day? There These are, are ambulance workers. These are in the, the emergency services. There are 364 days of the this year. This is the, the busiest week of the year for ambulance absolutely workers. Absolutely nothing. Look, here's the guarantee I will give. If the government says to us tomorrow they are sitting to they are willing to sit down and negotiate with us, then we will sit down and negotiate with them. That's the problem. Will you guarantee me that nobody will die if the strike goes ahead as a direct result of a strike action? I, I can guarantee you that if there are emergencies, our members will come off the picket lines to deal with those. So emergencies. they won't strike. 
our members, and it's been done for our members, will come off picket lines to deal with emergencies. How fast are they going to come off a picket line, get back in their ambulance and go and save somebody's life when it's an emergency? I've already said earlier on, we will negotiate measures in place. Our members You're are very good at responding to... to my direct questions, which are yes. simple questions, yes. by answering something completely different. No, no, no. Our members will even come off picket lines if they're emergency. How long would it take them that's to get the, from a picket line the to their ambulance to go and save a yes. life in an emergency? You know, you know I can't answer that in minutes, but the reality... You don't know? Here's the reality. So how do you know they can get there in time? Piers, well, how do you know? Giving you... Come on, you're asking me a ridiculous you question. You said they would here. come off picket lines if there's an emergency. I think it's a fairly logical question to then say yes, to you, yes. if they come off their picket Please. line in how an emergency, about, how long does it take for them about, to get to their ambulance and get to the emergency and save somebody's how life? How about the fact that this is taking place 365 days of the year already? Yeah, I know How that. about, if you want to talk about timing, if you want to talk about timing, mm. how about this? The fact that the majority of uh, targets with regard to... Uh, emergency mm. call-out responses are not met. Right. Isn't, isn't that what we should so be talking about? So your answer is about? to make things worse? No, no. Well, it's it is. one day. It is. It's one day of... Yeah, but I'm very action. curious. You, you, your comfort blanket is to say if somebody is having an emergency, your members will come off a picket line but and go and that. save no, their no, lives. But no, I'm no. asking you the... No, no, obvi- more well, hang on. I'm it's asking... Hang on. I'm asking you the obvious supplementary question. How long would it take them to come off a picket line and go and save somebody's life. And you know... And you, do, you don't know. Uh, no, and you know I'm not going to give you minutes that... You don't know, do you? Because it depends on the circumstances. You don't know. Because it depends on the but circumstances. But the reality is, actually, not, in that we're circumstance, not, we're not just a lot of people on, might die. But we're not just going to rely on people coming off the picket lines. We will negotiate measures with the employers mm. to make sure that there are emergency measures in place. But at look, the moment, you want more that, than inflation rises, right? We... we uh, right? use We use the RPI... More than inflation. inflation. 14.2%. 40, That's the cost of living. Right, you want 14.2% pay rises, yes. busting inflation. Yes. Right, and you think, presumably, you think all public sector workers should get the same? They're all striking? Well, we Or think... are you the, the special ones? No, no. no should not they all the get the same? Ones. Not the special ones. Should we, they all get the same? We organise across 41 different sectors. We don't think any worker should be treated better than the other. Right, so every... So all OK, workers, I hear you. I hear you. So, I hear you. So everybody should get 14.2% pay rise. Everybody deserves a decent pay increase. That's uh, a measure on, of the cost of you, living. I, look, I don't mean to be mean or rude, but you never actually answer my question. No. You just smirk or laugh, which no. I find really bizarre, given no. you represent ambulance workers in a potential emergency. No. So let me just try again. Do you believe, then, if everyone should be treated the same, that everyone should get a 14.2% pay rise? We believe every worker should be entitled the same. to a cost-of-living increase. So 14.2%. Yes. Well, look, but oh, hang on. Don't say look and ask something else. No, no. I want to no, clarify no. what I'm you're... With the... Hang on. I asked the questions. Yes. 14.2% yes. for every public sector yes. worker that's... Yeah, we is believe... It... That's what you think? We believe every public this sector worker... This is complete worker... madness. Well, if you could... Let... Just let me finish for once. Why? To... Your plan second. is to bankrupt the country. No, no, no. no. When we're already on the verge of it, thanks to the incompetent yes. government. Yes. 14.2%. Everybody gets 14.2%, you bankrupt Britain. No, no, we don't. Yes, you do. No, we don't. 14.2% is the RPI measure of inflation. It's the cost of living increase. However, here's the reality. We've been willing to make concessions. Our negotiators, time and time You just time said again, you want 14.2%. Yes. 
Yes, that's for everybody. We, that's what we think people deserve. For everyone. However, it's complete reality, insanity. That's what we think people deserve. This is where However, you lose people like me who believe actually that workers should be properly remunerated. I believe they've had do. a tough time. And I'm glad you do. Who, particularly in relation to the NHS, went out and clapped every Thursday. I think ambulance but, workers are fantastic public servants, right? Claps don't pay the rent. No, Pierce. but I tell you what, doesn't pay the rent. Demanding pay rises, which bankrupt the country, doesn't pay the rent. No, it's not going. That to actually has the, the opposite effect. No, that no. sends inflation rocketing even higher. The country. It means that the country basically goes bust. And I deal with that specific point. Yes. Our position is that workers deserve an RPI pay increases. However, we've been involved in negotiations, and yes, we have settled in a number of cases. You just told me you want fourteen point two percent. Yes, I want fourteen point two percent. I want fourteen point two percent, but. But we've been willing to negotiate. So here's the problem we've I have. We've been no, here's willing to problem. settle below that. I think what's happening is, I think you and your fellow union leaders, all of whom are Labour people, I think you sense blood with the Conservative mm. government. Understandably, they're on their knees. They've been, frankly, catastrophic in the last year in particular. We've had one Prime Minister who couldn't last longer than a lettuce, right? It's embarrassing for the country. But I think you're all getting together... And I think you've all decided you're going to try and bring this government down to get a Labour no. government in power. And I think you don't really care how much damage you cause to ordinary people to get there. And at that no. point, I think you are doing your own members a disservice no. because they will also suffer from this process. If, if that was a situation, yes. But we do not care what the political colours of the government are. Mm. Our laser focus is on the workplace. That's what we've been doing. We've mm. been involved in over 450 disputes over the last year winning the majority of those and winning £200 million in extra earnings into the pockets of our members. We do not care whether we deal with Labour or Tories. We've had disputes against Labour councils. But here's the problem you have in particular. You represent ambulance workers, right? You. And if it was teachers or people in those kind of professions, if they have a day off work, it's not going to kill people, right? It might put back their education by a day, and that's unfortunate, but it's not going to kill people. If your people go out on strike, there is a likelihood, I would say, that some people are going to die because they couldn't get an ambulance to them in time. And again, I started with this, I'm going to finish with it. How do you live with that morally? Because you, you and your members are in a particular position of service to the public, which actually means life or death. We could stop the strike if the government is willing to negotiate. What if they don't? It doesn't have to happen if what the if government is willing to negotiate. Well, then the responsibility is with the government, isn't it? Is the it? government is... Yes, absolutely. Well, not really. No, you're the because, ones going on strike. Because, Piers, this happens one day of strike action mm. and yet the rest of the year, this happens anyway. The people police can't now. strike, can they? People are dying the now. The police can't strike. Well, there are rules stopping the what's police the striking. What's the difference between them and ambulance workers? But I'll tell you what, the number of times, well, I've, spoke, the number of times I've spoken to police officers on mm. demonstrations who say they wish they could strike. Right, but they don't. They're not allowed yeah. to. No. I don't think ambulance workers should be allowed to strike. Ambulance workers, on average... Pay starting salaries, we are talking about £27,000. You said a number of ambulance a workers are on... Right, let me ask you another question. You said a, a number of ambulance workers are now going to food banks. Yes. How many? I can't give you the number. Well, how do you know? Because we speak to people. So how many? We, because I've spoke to well, 10, 20, 30 ambulance workers. Well, how many is it? But we, I, I'm not going to be able to tell you... Well, you exactly say these things. How many I find ambulance it unbelievable. workers have I, gone I frankly, to food banks? I frankly, find it, I frankly find it pretty unbelievable that an ambulance worker is going to a food bank. On Unless you can tell me specifically who they are and how many I'm there are. I'm not going to give you names. Do they exist? Have you made that up? No. That's insulting. What's, that, what's that, insulting? That 
is that's, say, Pierce, now that's what's insulting, insulting is saying now it if you insulting. can't back it up. Yes, we can back it up because this is what well, our members are saying. You just said you have no idea how many it is. This is what our members are saying. I cannot tell you across the country how many paramedics and ambulance workers have been to a food bank. And you, I don't think anybody you believe, can give, you believe, anybody can give you, you that believe it figure. could be 10, but 20, reality, 30, more? I've, the people that I've spoken to, because we speak how to many our members. How many have you spoken to? How many have you spoken to? How many have you spoken to? I've spoken to 10, 20, possibly more. What, you can't remember? Because I don't sit down and keep a tab. Mm. The reality is it's insulting to believe that that doesn't happen. No, what's insulting is you... are saying... What's insulting is you saying something that dramatic without supporting it with any evidence. You can't even remember. You can't even remember if you were told by 10 or 20 or 30. What difference does it make? It makes a lot of difference. What difference does it make? It's a lot of difference. It's not a memory test. If you're going to use... It's not a memory If you're going to use as a propaganda stick... It's not a propaganda stick. It's reality. Well, if it's reality... reality. Show us the evidence. We live in the sixth richest country in the world... Show people... Paramedics fine, fine. going to food banks. So you we say. Have nurses going so you to food say. Banks. And Piers, I want to know who the they are. Why don't you go away and do your research and find out how many hospitals mm. have actually set up their own food banks for their own staff? How much do you earn? That's the reality. How much do you earn? That's irrelevant. How much do you earn? Piers, that's irrelevant. You're not going to tell me. It's not as much as you earn. No, but how much do you earn? It makes no difference. To really? the You're big that we on are pay right here. now. How much do you earn? It makes no difference. You're not going to tell me that we are having here. Not going to tell me. It's, it's a matter irrelevant. of public record, isn't it? Yes. Well, how much it's is irrelevant. it? It's irrelevant to the debate we're having. My earnings have no impact on. You're not prepared what to say what you earn as a union leader, really? At the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely, because that's not the debate. And I know where you're trying to take this. Where am I that's trying not to take the it? Issue. The issue is. Where am I trying to take we it? We have workers in the sixth richest country mm. in the world relying on food banks. Right. That's a fact. So you can't that's tell me. Now. You can't tell me whether you have any moral problem if people die when they. Of course, I have a moral problem happens. with people. All right. Dying. So you've of now answered I that do. question finally. Of course, I do. Right. Anybody. Does. Now you finally have admitted you would have a moral problem with it. Secondly, you won't tell me what you earn. Thirdly, you say a lot of paramedics and nurses are going to food Absolutely. banks. But you, and this is people you've spoken Absolutely. to. Absolutely. You're not prepared to tell me who they are or how many there are. No. Do you really think that everybody who goes to a food bank wants Piers Morgan to know, mm. wants your viewers to know? I don't think they're you, going to I, food banks. I find it very yeah. implausible when you say I things think, like, it's 10, 20, 30, I'm not what, sure. What I'm getting at... I probably 10, remember 20. every one no, of my members no, no, no. who told me they were going to a we've, food bank. We've got over a million And members. I might better help we've them got, myself if I was earning the kind of money you earn. Well, Only you won't tell us how much you earn. But you don't know how much money. Well, what are you saying? Piers? Because it's irrelevant to the debate. It's a public. We are it's a matter of public record, here. right? The reality You're is that we You're not even prepared to tell me a public record. Salary fact. is irrelevant. Okay. What is relevant is that we perform for our members. Yeah. As opposed to the government, as opposed to anybody else, we have won okay. over two hundred million for our okay. members by taking strike action because strike action works. Okay, Cassette. And that's why our ambulance workers are taking action. Well, Merry Christmas. You Good as well. to see you. Uh, coming up, Prince Harry says his wife inspires him every day and they want to be advocates of healing. Yes, you heard that right. Will the shameless utterances ever stop? I doubt it. That's where the money is, right? That debate next. Welcome back to Piers Morgan, our censor. Still to come, he's out of the jungle and says he'll stand down at the next election. Shouldn't he put us all out of our misery and stand down right now? We'll debate Matt Hancock in the programme later. But first, the Duke and Duchess of Netflix were awarded for their heroism in fighting royal racism last night. The climate campaigners flew into New York by private jet for the Robert F. Kennedy Association's Ripple of Hope Awards, which were presented to them, in their case, by Alec Baldwin, who is a 
possibly about to face criminal charges for accidentally shooting a woman dead on the set of his movie. So it was a really charming evening for everyone concerned. The Sussexes were on stage gushing about healing, because that's really what they're all about, isn't it? Healing. It's the one word you'd really associate with Meghan and Harry as they trash their family on an almost weekly basis. Their dreaded Netflix series comes out tomorrow. And speaking for many of us, a Sky reporter asked this. Harry, are you putting money before family? Are you putting money before family? Let me question. Harry, are you putting money before family? Are you putting money before family? Let me question. Literally the first time that either of them have been challenged on any of their allegations. Oprah never challenged them. They won't be challenged in this Netflix series. None of their cosy chats or podcasts. Does anyone ever ask some questions like that? And yet that is the burning question. Are they now putting money before their family? Are they trashing the institution which gave them the titles which they now ruthlessly exploit for gazillions of dollars? Well, joining me now to discuss this, author and playwright Bonnie Greer, associate editor of the Daily Mirror, Kevin Maguire, and talk to the contributor Esther Crocker. Welcome to all of you. Bonnie, welcome back. Thank you. Good um, to be back. OK, look, this series is coming out uh, tomorrow. We get the first three episodes tomorrow morning in this global event, as they call it. They've just been given an award for their heroism in standing up to royal racism without ever producing, to my knowledge, any facts to support these allegations. Where are we with these two? Where does it end? When does it stop? These are the same things they said to Oprah Winfrey last year. They're continuing to attack the monarchy, the royal family. of a new king, not even coronated yet. The queen only died three months ago. They have a new Prince of Wales, all of them waiting to see what the latest onslaught is. Who wins here, apart from their bank balance? Asking me. Yes. Well, you know, and you know probably better than a lot of people about the celebrity space in the United States. That's where they are. Meghan and Harry are big celebrities in the United States. You also know, as someone who's lived in the United States, who lives in the United States, that the Americans know nothing about the royal family. They know absolutely nothing. So what Meghan and Harry are doing is giving them their definition of what the royal family is. I think we should just walk away from Meghan and Harry. How can we? Well, we can. They're one launching, way, deliberately on, launching a one global way, one event One way that tomorrow. we can, and I'm not putting them down, is that we need to have used this as an occasion for ourselves in this country to have a conversation about this. I think it's important. Not about them. Hang on, women. Not about them, but about what they're talking about. I think that's important. The reason what it's important... What are they talking hang, about? They're talking about structural racism. That's what Kerry... <laughs> Where? Ke Where? Hang on. That's what Kerry Where? Kennedy By who? Said. Within the country. Within, within the country the royal itself. Yes. Within the royal family. So it's interesting because Gail King, their mm -hmm. friend, Oprah's mm -hmm. best friend, mm -hmm. was there last night and Jan Moore of the Daily Mail mm -hmm. asked her, mm -hmm. are the royal family racist? Mm -hmm. And Gail King said no, and they don't think they are either, talking about the Sussexes. So I'm not quite sure what you mean. They're getting an award for combating racism. All right. And yet their, their best buddy says they don't think the royals are racist. But, but so what, what is this all about? All right, what is it this is about is the standing of the United Kingdom in the world. Which My, is, which hang is being, on, hang being pilloried exactly, by these two clowns exactly. from California. So we need to rescue it, and it's important How? to do that. The royals aren't going to fight we, back. No, no, we They're need, not going to go on the What record. we're doing right now is we need to talk about... There are problems here, like there are everywhere. Mm. And, you know, the, 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 the audacity of anybody in the United States to talk about racism anywhere else is mm. actually hilarious. Right. But we need to take the occasion to talk about it. We can do it. We can do it here because there are issues. Like there are what are we talking about feel, exactly? No, what we're talking about, the thing that happened to that 
Ngozi Fulani. Yeah, that yeah. was outrageous, all yeah. right? We need to look, and we need to do it, to talk yeah, about... But, but Bonnie, in that case, an 83-year-old woman made some unfortunate remarks to a woman who was at the palace. She was named very quickly. She was held accountable and she was out within 24 hours. The difference with Meghan and Harry is they don't give any names. They give no facts. They give no evidence. Which, they simply say somebody yeah, in the royal you know, family you know said this. that the reputation of this nation is being Trash. held up. Exactly. Trash. We need to take charge of this conversation. Well, OK, and yeah. okay. Esther. I, they actually won an award for fighting structural racism. They yeah, did. Because that's, that's how I like my racism, structured and... Uh, <laughs> structured and racist. Anyway, but I think the, the, the point is that they, they literally have done nothing for people of, of, of colour, for instance. So I don't understand this idea that they're winning an award to combat racism. What, what have they done to fight racism? They're in America, Esther. That's no, but, not, but, it's not real. That's what I'm so trying to say. So it's imaginary racism. No, what I'm trying to say is well, Bonnie, that... that's quite something. What you're saying is it's fake. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is... It's not is, real, it's no, fake. No, no, listen. The persona that's being created in this country... I'm not interested in hearing him again. Mm. I'm talking about the United Kingdom. We're, we don't look good. All right, and no, that's what interests... good because these two that's, are trashing us no, every 10 minutes. No, it's not because it, we need to confront... All right, I want to hear you, Esther, finish your thought process on it. I, I just think that they, they embody everything that's toxic about this country and our, our conversation around race. I don't want to live in a country where I can accuse someone of being racist towards mm. me and they can't defend themselves, mm. which is exactly what Meghan and Harry are doing. And they're doing it knowing that the royal family won't fight back. So I think the best thing to do would be to ignore them because I don't feel comfortable levelling allegations at racism at someone who can't defend themselves. I wouldn't themselves. worry about that. That's a completely yeah, ridiculous... You can't, igno you can't ignore them when they've got a Netflix series and there's a book exactly, about the crime. You exactly, can't ignore them. Exactly. But what has, to what has to happen... And, look, they are no Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but if she says she's suffered racism, he says she's suffered racism. There is racism in, in Britain. There may be some in the royal family. They've got to name names. Put, mm. up, and put up or mm. shut up. And the royal family have to come out and answer. I'm sorry, if, if they're not... If they're not going, we're beyond no, now. I'm sorry, ne never you, complain, you never explain. Shame, but William, has all, William, William came out after the Oprah interview and said, and very unusually, yep, off the cuff, said to a reporter, yep. this is very much not a racist family. Couldn't yep. have been more emphatic. Yeah. No evidence has been produced to say they are a racist family. Yep. You've got one lady-in-waiting to the Queen in her 80s saying unfortunate things to a woman who's at the palace. I yeah. don't think she should have said them. Yeah. The moment that woman said she was born in Britain and British, end of conversation. The, the, the but she, of, was, she was held account within of, 24 hours she was gone. The Duke of Edinburgh used to make regular racist statements. Mm. He always passed them off as jokes. Now... See, my worry... Maybe, maybe, maybe that isn't a clash. Maybe that isn't a clash. My worry is this. My worry is this. You're, you are a Republican. You don't even believe in the institution of monarchy. I'm a monarchist. Mm. I love the monarchy. Yep. And they bring us so much to what our country stands for around the world. I'm really genuinely worried now that these two are never going to stop yep. until Maybe they've not. caused irreparable damage. Maybe not. And with a new king, vulnerable, obviously never going to be as popular is, as, 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 as his mother, because who could as be? A monarchist, ticket, yeah. As a monarchist, you oh. know this family's gone through more than Meghan and Harry yeah. and, and the royal family, period. They've, you they've actually get, never... They used to get their hands chopped off hundreds of years ago. They've never had a sustained attack from their own. No, 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 they never had a sustained attack from their own. No, they never have, but this is the age that we're in, OK? His great-great-uncle was consorted with the Nazis. This is the king's son. This great-great-uncle consorted with the Nazis. this is the king's son standing on stage, receiving an award for standing up to racism in his own family. That's 
him. I'm talking yeah. about us. Right. What we need what to do. What can we do? We can Other do. Other than sit back we and can, listen to this we, What nonsense. we can do is have the conversations that we're having within this country and be seen to have those Bonnie, conversations. Bonnie, do me a favour. Tomorrow, this, this thing airs tomorrow, the first mm, few episodes. Mm. Come back on tomorrow, once we've seen it. I'm going to be but in it, France. But it, it's going, going to, going to be, be so boring. France. <laughs> France. France. You have to go to France? Really? Yeah, it's a republic. Well, yeah, it's a, re- it's a republic. Get Jake. Um, <laughs> oh, right, Piers, you're right. What is different here is it's from inside. Yeah. It's sustained inside. Uh, Edward VIII, the Duke of Windsor, was a fascist sympathiser mm. and admirer of Hitler, but he shut up yeah. after he'd oh, been... Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, no, wait, no, a wait a minute. Wait a minute. What okay, they're doing is not... Look, wait a minute. Andrew is the real scandal, wait a but from the inside... They no, are you can't compare 1938 to now. No, I'm not. I'm going to leave it on that cliffhanger because we're going to have a lot more of this tomorrow night. You're leaving us, Bonnie. Thank you very much. You're due to a stain to talk about other stuff. Um, tomorrow night, we're going to devote the whole programme to a dissection of this Netflix series. Three episodes will come out. We're going to have a virtual audience. If you want to join in, please email the show at dmpm at talk.tv. Um, and we're going to debate this. If you've got a view, either way, I want to hear from you. It's not going to be a one-way traffic. Everyone knows my opinion. If you've got a different one, explain to me why I'm wrong. But after the break, uh, guilty of tax fraud. Donald Trump's company's been convicted by New York jury. And at the same time, one of his big Senate hopes has also crashed and burned. Herschel Walker giving the Democrats a big win and, of course, now an increased majority in the Senate. So is it all over for Trump? Has he become an election loser? Well, his former top aide of the White House, Kellyanne Conway, will join me live. I suspect she will say it's not all over. But that face is giving nothing away, look. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, coming up on Uncensored Ladies tonight, he's out of I'm a Celebrity. Now, Matt Hancock says he won't run... ...standing for Parliament as a Conservative at the next election. Yeah, Sinnery goes the better, as far as I can say. We'll debate that 
in a moment. But first, it's been another disastrous 24 hours for Donald Trump, suffering several major blows in a single day. First, the Trump Organization was convicted for a 15-year tax fraud scheme. And the committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riots announced it's planning criminal referrals. And his hand-picked Republican candidate for the Senate, Herschel Walker, crashed out in Georgia, handing Democrats an outright majority now. And now it's been reported that more classified documents will be found at the Florida storage unit... Uh, something, unit, rented by the former president. OK, that didn't read right, but it was a unit. Um, so is it all over for Donald Trump? Or foolish to write him off again. Well, joining me now is Trump's former aide at the White House, Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne, first of all, great to talk to you again. I've just talked to you in years. Uh, obviously, you. followed you with great interest as you uh, ran around the White House. Um, often, in my opinion, defending the indefensible. Uh, are you now on my show tonight to do the same? I don't even know what that means. I was there to communicate information to the public that they otherwise wouldn't have since uh, Donald Trump cut out the middleman and the middleman didn't like it. But I was happy to be part of the policy team at the White House. I said no to press secretary 45 minutes after he was elected and many, many times after that. But uh, I th think it was important to have a number of messengers to push back against a lot of disinformation and hate and also just to make sure that people who otherwise don't have access to presidential communications coming out of the White House have that. You know, Piers, I think many Americans miss, many people around the world probably miss getting instant free of charge access to a presidential communication, whether it's one of those tweets or the president under wing at Air Force One or taking media into the Oval Office or going to the press briefing room. I didn't like every tweet. I told President Trump that he needs to tweet like we need to eat. It's just about better choices. Sometimes you have a salad, sometimes you have a dessert. It balances out. But um, I don't know about counting Trump out. I think the arc of his of his life, of his career, has been defying the odds and pushing back against the critics and the naysayers. I mean, I would say here's the difference, early, I would say, I think, Kelly. To, to discount anybody. Right. Here's the difference to me between previous times when I might have agreed with you. He is a warrior and he will fight to the end, I'm sure. And he obviously pulled off one of the greatest you know, shocks in political history anywhere in the world in 2016. But then, you know, he was a massive vote winner out of nowhere. And it seems to me he's become increasingly a big problem for the Republicans because a lot of his picks are simply not winning. And Herschel Walker last night lost in Georgia, which means the Senate majority increases for the Democrats, gives them more power. They very nearly held the House, which would have been unbelievable, given the position that most people thought the Democrats were in. And a lot of Republicans are now blaming Trump and there's all the baggage around him with all these things going on in the background, from tax to this to that, to documents at Mar-a-Lago and so on. And there's a belief, as you know, from a number of Republicans, well, why are we bothering to go through all this when we've got this other guy, DeSantis, down in Florida, who had a stunning win in the midterm elections. He's about half Trump's age. He's dynamic. He's smart. He's got an amazing track record. Yale, Harvard, legal counsel to SEAL team, uh, leaders in, in Fallujah and so on. Why persist in what is looking like now somebody who's a vote loser? You've asked a lot of that, a lot there that I'm not sure I can answer in the limited time <laughs> your producers have provided me, but let me try. First, Piers, you're right about 2016, but it didn't come out of nowhere. Respectfully, I was the campaign manager in 2016. It is the last time I've been on the president's political team. And I'm very critical of his 2020 campaign. His son-in-law, Brad Parscale, the whole group of them, $1.4 billion dollars and you're running against Joe Biden, and you can't get the job done, we would have no January 6th. We would have no election fraud claims, none of it, if they had just run 
outright and overwhelmingly, and they should have that year. So that aside, remember, I'm the one Trump official with no subpoenas, scandals, indictments, and investigations, and I plan to keep it that way. I voluntarily testified to the January 6th committee last week, and I did not take the fifth for that testimony or any question mm. within the testimony. So that's over there. On the question of Herschel Walker, um, it is true that President Trump endorsed him and wanted him to run, but Herschel Walker has pushed back that it was President Trump's idea. He said, I wanted to run. Mitch McConnell endorsed Herschel Walker 13 months ago. The whole Republican Party was behind this guy. Governor Brian Kemp turned over all of his micro-targeting, data mining stuff for well, him. Well, what Herschel Walker and did, Kelly, what he did do, Herschel Walker bought into this big lie that Trump had the 2020 election stolen. When I sat down with Trump in Mar-a-Lago in April, I said to him, leave all that behind you. It's just going to become this massive stick to vote against you. And that's exactly what's happened. He just won't let it go. Nobody well, cares about 2020. Nobody believes he had it stolen from him anyway. And nobody cares. I write about this in my memoir, Here's the Deal, Piers. It came out six, seven months ago, and I very methodically lay out the fact that it broke my heart Donald Trump didn't get reelected. I wanted him to win. I don't want Joe Biden and Kamala Harris running this country. Good God. However, elections are about the future, not the past. And I told him in 2020, you're running out of time to show this evidence. I had long left the White House, but we were in touch. And I said, if you have this evidence, if your lawyers have it, you have to produce it. You're running out of time. But you're right in terms of people want a presidential candidate to reflect their grievances, not his or her own. Mm. And they want to hear about the future and the vision. I think Donald Trump's best bet in running for the presidency is very straightforward. If you strip away everything else, and that's a big if, peers, and you just say, this was your life under Joe Biden's America, this is your life under Donald Trump's America, the gas prices, the supply chain, Putin in Ukraine, um, a, a nuclear-capable Iran salivating at Israel, border security, physical security, financial security, all the rest. That's his best bet. But when other things get layered and stacked on top of that, it becomes a distraction. Now, I just want to say one thing about Herschel Walker. I think this is a bigger issue in the Republican Party. We need to start going after ballots and not just votes and voters. We have to bank these ballots early, Piers. I don't like the new way that we vote in this country. Well, you know what, Kelly, look, I've got to, we're running out of time. What I would say about that it. is you're being outflanked and outmaneuvered by the Democrats, and I find that yes. staggering that Republicans 100%. are basically so, so electorally incompetent. But that's another issue. Um, Kelly, it's great to have you on the programme. Thank it's you. It's the biggest issue, though. I would we're love not going to win if we don't I'm do sure that. I'm sure it is. The right There's way. a lot of fishy Go going on in American politics. There's a lot of fishy going on here. But it's great to have you on, and I would love for you to get you back when I suspect Trump pulls out and DeSantis becomes a nominee. Please come back then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Piers. Good That's to talk up to, to you. the voters. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. All the best, Kellyanne. Um, Bonnie, you wanted the status to react to that. I mean, I've always actually uh, liked Kellyanne, and she's right. She has given evidence to Janet. She's got an interesting marriage, too. She, she certainly has, because her husband you know, says the complete opposite. Which I, I, I think that's fine. Um, just quick reaction to that. Well, there was an old Hollywood term called box office poison. Mm. And that's what Donald Trump is, the Republican Party. Mm. Joe Biden will win if Donald Trump runs again. Oh, that's how he ran the last yeah. time. It's amazing. Time. Look at this clip of Biden yesterday. This is what they're up against, right? Look, this is the president of the United States. And we'll construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, the three nano chips. The three nano chip. Chips and the three nano. And you know what I'm saying. <laughs> nano no no. I don't know. The Republicans like are getting <laughs> run around by that guy. It's unbelievable. I love Joe. He's real.
What? He's a real guy. He, he's re and listen, hang on. Yeah. He's real, okay? And he's not up there cleaning himself up or anything else. He's messing up. Well, you know what? Whether he's is. real or not, the truth about Biden is that he is performing a hell of a lot better than people thought Thank he would be Thank you. And not only that... And the midterms were a shatteringly and, bad and, midterm and, and he's won seats, and the, yeah. this is unprecedented. And it's because of Trump. Yes. Yeah. And that's not I think, I think yeah. Trump is hanging around like a bad smell. Box off got is to get poison. Rid of yeah. Bonnie, thank you for staying. Thank you. We managed to keep you for a little longer than we thought before you yeah. jet off to France. When it comes to the other team, you talk about Matt Hancock. Yeah. Uh, talk to your people who are really hanging around like a bad smell. Yeah. Yeah. He's now announced very pompously, I'm not going to stand at the next election. Why is he standing for a minute longer as an MP? I, I stand think, down, man. He is what I term as unflushable. He will not go away. Yes. He, he, and he, he needs to vanish because the thing is... I, I think Rishi Sunak needs to take a leaf out of Keir Starmer's book. He is making the, the Conservative Party look less respectable yeah. than the, the Labour Party, which is a very bad look considering you want to win re-election in 2024. But I think the bigger issue here is the fact that he was so arrogant to think that he, he could have stood a chance again at the next election. Mm. I mean, yeah. Rishi Sunak has been very clear that he was very disappointed Kevin, with him. Why hasn't he gone now? It's the, yeah, exactly. the £84,000 a year question. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps his salary at a base. You get the commons. He's got researchers. He's, yeah. he's got a certain protection. And a platform. And also, the, said, the, all the party won't want to have a by-election. No, well, yeah, exactly. Right? Because no. right now, they lose every by-election they ever have. Yeah, yeah. Th that's definitely the, the, the case. Rishi Sunak will not want him to to go early. But he's been but very he's, vocal. But he, but he's he's jumped before he was pushed. He was mm. finished. They turned yeah. against him in the in the constituency. I can't find a Conservative MP who has a good word to say for him. Mm. Yeah. Well, we were down at that pub, his local yeah. pub, and, the, and they were found furious. Yeah. Furious. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. everything that he's been doing. The idea that he could be gallivanting around munching kangaroo testicles yeah. in Australia, going on this celebrity SAS programme, writing a diary, yep. which isn't even really a diary by the look of it, it's just revisiting it. He is a remnant of Boris Johnson's donkey government. But he's, he's got a that problem, is he though. Is. He's going to go before the COVID inquiry. That diary will right. be used as evidence. Yeah. And he will be questioned yeah. under oath. He will I be think he's going to get some very unpleasant things happen to him yeah. in that inquiry. Well, he deserves I think Absolutely. he's trying to sanitise his involvement, particularly around Cairns. Yeah. Thank you both very much indeed. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Bonnie, thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Well, coming next to life, 50 years ago today since man last took off for the moon in a rocket. Why has it taken so long to go back? Are we ever going to go back? Space superstar, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, next. As I step off at the surface at Taurus Littrell, We'd like to dedicate the first steps of Apollo 17 to all those who made it possible. Well, 50 years ago today, astronauts were launched to the moon for the last time in NASA's Apollo 17 mission. But why haven't we gone back? Well, joining me is a man who knows everything about the universe, the astrophysicist, author of the new book Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives on Civilization. The great Neil deGrasse Tyson rejoins me. Neil, and what a wonderful waistcoat, if I may start with that. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. I don't want to show <laughs> off or anything, but... <laughs> now, look, why have we not gone of course, back to across, the moon Across the pond, we call it a vest. <laughs> a vest. Well, it's a lovely vest. Across the pond, we call it a vest. Um, why have we not gone back to the moon in 50 years? Uh, I have my own reasons for thinking so. I'm happy to share them with you. Uh, when we first went to the moon, we have to remind ourselves why. All right? We've, uh, there's been a lot of cleansing of the memory of the motivator, of, of, of what motivated us to do it in the first place. It was in response, it was reactive to the Soviet Union. Mm. They beat us in practically every space metric that mattered 
over that time, they had the first satellite, the first mammal, which was Laika the dog, uh, the first human. They had the first woman, the first dark-skinned person. It was a, a, a black Cuban. Remember, Cuba was, of course, part of the Soviet empire, or, or uh, 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 friends with them. And so they, they, they had so many firsts that we didn't, that we said, all right, how are we gonna, how, what are we gonna do? Let's go to the moon. And so by the time we got to the moon and realized Russia actually isn't headed there, it took some of the steam out of sort of the militaristic motivations that got us there in the first place. Allow me to remind you that this Apollo 17 was the first mission to the moon to have a scientist on it. And by the way, it was the last mission to the moon. Right. So we tell ourselves we're explorers, discoverers, and it was really about flexing muscle on a geopolitical Well, now there's a kind um, of, there's a kind of counter... It's like kind of counter-narrative to that exploring aspect. Because I, I remember when I was a kid watching these rockets go off from Cape Canaveral and feeling so enthralled. And the world used to watch these things. And now it seems like we've gone backwards. A bit like yes. air travel. Air travel on Concord used to be London and New York in two hours, 58 minutes. Now it takes twice as long. I don't understand. How have we gone backwards in these things? <laughs> Prince William, though. <laughs> Prince William okay. criticised space tourism and travel. He said this. Idea that space race is on at the moment. We've seen everyone trying to get space tourism going. It's the idea that we we need some of the world's greatest brains and minds fixed on trying to repair this planet, not trying to find the next place to go and live. What do you make of that, Neil? You know, the argument that we've got climate change, we've got real pressing problems here. Therefore, we should suspend all exploration off the planet until we save this one. Yeah, I don't I don't like bad mouthing royals. But if you allow me a moment <laughs> to do so, uh, <laughs> let's go back 30,000 years. Let's go back 30,000 years. We're all living in a cave. And you have the cave elders, the wise elders in the back. And then you have some young whippersnapper youngins who, who they peer out the cave door. This cave door has hinges, apparently, <laughs> in my example. But the, they move the rock and they look out and they see mountains and, and valleys and streams and, and trees with fruit on them. And they go to the cave elders and said, we'd like to go explore. And the cave elders say, no, we have cave problems that we have to solve first in the cave before you exit the cave and see what else is out there. That's what people sound like to me when they say, we have problems on earth, let's solve them first before we go outside of the earth without recognizing that by the way, uh, your smartphone can find grandma's house in traffic because of a system of satellites launched into space. You have full active video tracking of hurricanes and storms and tsunamis, okay, from images taken from space. So to say space is something other than what you should care about, just move back to the cave. Because that's kind of where you belong. How important is somebody like um, Elon Musk with SpaceX, particularly with the the satellites, of course, which you know have been used, for example, in Ukraine to help them in this war against Russia? What do you think of Musk and what he's doing in, in this area? Yeah. So Musk, um, I think it, one of the biggest contributions he's making is he's trying to drive down the cost of access to space. Mm. That's sort of a. A, 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 a slightly buried 
objective here. Buried, not that anyone's purposefully burying it. They're just not noticing that this is an important driver. Because if you can, if you can take down the cost, then other kinds of activities can then unfold in space, such as space tourism. By the way, we, let's think about it. We, I don't know the future. I don't have a crystal ball. But I can imagine a future where space tourism is routine. It becomes commoditized and everybody, you save up a few vacation uh, uh, paychecks and that'll get you into space. You know people will line up and want to do that. Mm. And there's nothing like seeing Earth from space. Mm. It is not the color-coded countries that were drawn on your schoolroom globe. You see Earth as nature had intended you to see with oceans and lands and clouds. Mm. That can change you just by being a tourist in space. So no, I don't, I'm not with the people who are saying, don't do that, let's stick to Earth. Yeah, I completely, the spec, the I completely agree. And sun. if you use that kind of logic, you never do anything, because there's always something more important that stops you doing something fun. Um, you made some predictions on American television very recently about what would happen by 2050. Two of them I thought were quite likely. Self-driving electric vehicles, yep, I think we're going to get that, pretty well are. Um, a visiting alien to Earth, yep, I think that's highly likely by 2050. But the second one, or the third one on this list, humans will have the ability to regenerate their limbs. That was a real little eye-popper for me. Are we going to really better do that? Okay, well, I want, so, I, so let, me, let me put that in context. That appears in the book's chapter called Exploration and Discovery, and I go through 150 years of the exponential growth of discovery and the role that science and technology plays in shaping civilizations. And practically everybody predicting at the beginning of each 30 year period got it wrong. Mm. Yeah, that you can make linear predictions and maybe some of that work, but what typically happens is a discovery comes in from the side, from above, from below. Why do you think limbs? Why right? limbs? Limbs, okay, no, I'll tell you why. So again, I'm not, I, I'm not, I, uh, so I gave my predictions so that in 2050 people could laugh at how wrong they were. <laughs> they just, just put that, <laughs> that's why I gave the predictions. So I said, let me just try it. So why limbs? Because we, you and I are approximately the same age. We learned biology in an era where we said, the tree of life, humans are at the top. And we are the most, the pinnacle of evolution. I remember hearing biologists say that and teachers teach that. Excuse me, it was white men were at the top of the evolution. <laughs> that, depending on which textbook you use. But, and I think to myself, suppose, this is what a cosmic perspective does to you, suppose some other animal made that same chart. Mm. If newts made that chart, they would say, we're at the top because we can regenerate limbs. And they would pity humans on the evolutionary <laughs> scale because we can't. All right, Neil. Neil Eagles we have, would say, oh, we're at the top. I get it. So okay. we've got 20, se 20 all seconds all left. What I'm saying is that... The re 20 okay, seconds. I'm just saying because regenerating limbs exists in the genome of other animals. And we're all related genetically. Got okay? It. All animals on Earth have common DNA. So grab, take a snip of that, nip, tuck it in us, bada bing, line up the, the veterans first. I'm going to get you back on in back, 2050 to see if you're us. right about this. But Neil... <laughs> We run out of time. I could talk to you all night. Thank Call you. Me. You're always fantastic. I appreciate you coming on. That's right. it for me. Keep it uncensored. Good night.